My name is Erin, and I am your host. I woke up this morning feeling kind of low and mellow. Not necessarily sad, but a little bit moody uh, and definitely tired and quiet. I was getting my morning started and decided to put on the album Solar Power by Lord, which is an album that I definitely find myself turning to when I'm in this mood, when I'm feeling a little bit contemplative and, you know, wanting to keep to myself. Uh, It's just an album that feels good in that way. So I put it on uh, and, you know, definitely wasn't thinking that I would talk about it on the podcast today, but but really feel compelled to after spending some time with it this morning, just because it it like hit me so hard. I really want to go to bat for this album today and just stand in total defense of it. It is kind of regarded as a flop in Lord's discography and in the larger pop landscape. Uh, It didn't make much of an impact in general, and even some Lord fans don't like it at all. Um, but I've spent a year with it now. It came out August 10th of last year, 2021, so just over a year. Um, and I think it's a really important and special work that fills a hole that not a lot of other pop albums do. Um, so I don't know what you want to call this one year anniversary of Solar Power <laughs> or something like that. But I wanted to I wanted to get into it today because it's sort of just what I was feeling. Lord has had a, a pretty interesting career, I would say. She came onto the scene when she was only 16 with her debut single Royals. Uh, that sort of established her as this sort of angsty Fiona Apple Alanis Morissette-esque character um, within the music world. Her debut album, Pure Heroine, which came out when I was like a ninth or 10th grader, was all teen angst all the way, very, very smart, wise beyond her years stuff. Her sophomore album, Melodrama, which came out when I was in college, was like a hyper-emotional, diaristic, account of her first heartbreak um these albums literally mean so much to me and i like both of them pure heroine and melodrama more than i like solar power yes um but i i do find myself wondering if that's just because of the times they arrived to me like pure heroine came to me when i was in dire need of an adolescent angst album and melodrama came to me when I was in dire need of a heartbreak album um and so solar power came to me just at a different time um and and the messaging of this album is not as clear and not as urgent uh and it's a lot more spacious so I do think it's 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 not an album that immediately like gets a reaction and and 
like uh, pulls something from you on command. It's an album that sort of is fuzzy and complicated and needs more excavating. The thing about Lord is that she kind of takes these massive breaks between albums or between eras, as we call them in the pop world, um, where she does sort of uh, become reclusive and recede back to her native New Zealand and disappear in many ways uh, before coming back and like reinventing herself. Usually these reinventions have a lot to do with aesthetics and appearances and stuff like that. So think about like, I mean, everybody does this. Uh, I think it was probably Madonna or something who, who started the appearance shifts between albums. But like, you know, think about like Billie Eilish coming back with blonde hair and now she doesn't wear baggy clothes anymore. And that's supposed to signify something about like a shift in maturity in her music. Um, that's the same kind of thing that Lord does. So it isn't necessarily anything out of the ordinary, but I, I guess what is a little atypical is the length of time um, that she puts between each of her bodies of work and how far removed she is from like LA and Hollywood, um, you know, during those times. Like she's really uh, like off the grid, so to speak. Um, which, which is becoming kind of trendier to do, <laughs> um, you know, a lot of, I think in like a post Frank Ocean world, a lot more artists do this because it does make them seem, seem kind of mysterious and artsy in a way that, uh, being constant tabloid fodder doesn't. When Lord finally released the lead single for this long anticipated third album, um, people were really shocked by what she put out. Uh, so the lead single is called Solar Power. It is the titular song, and it's very uh, it's very much like a preamble of what would later come. My cheeks in that color, overripe peaches. No shirt, no shoes, only my features. My boy behind me, he's taking pictures. Boys and girls onto the beaches. Come on, come on, tell you my secrets. I'm kinda like a prettier Jesus. Forget all of the tears that you've cried. It's over. Variety.com called her the thinking man's Colby Calais in their review of the song, which I thought was kind of funny, but also very accurate. Like immediately my first time hearing the song, I thought of Colby Calais' lesser known hit, Brighter Than the Sun, which had like a brief um, <laughs> journey on radio before kind of disappearing into the, the mid-aughts wasteland of, you know, one hit wonders and stuff like that. Um, Although, wait, I'm definitely not calling Colby Calais a one-hit wonder. Justice for Bubbly. Starts in my toes and a creak of my nose. But yeah, this song is really punchy and optimistic uh, and sounds a lot more analog and organic than other Lord songs had been. Um, in fact, Pure Heroine was one of the 
albums that sort of popularized using like a drum machine and 808s in pop music rather than in hip hop. Um, Cause Teenage Lord was really inspired by like Kanye West beats and stuff like that. Um, so her album sort of ushered in the whole wave of bedroom pop artists that make um, music without actual instruments um, and like make their entire tracks on their computer. Like we just, we weren't seeing that with like white girl pop artists prior to that moment. Everything was big guitars and um, piano and things like that. Um, so this was sort of like a return to something that came even before her career. Um, and it was all acoustic guitar and it's really reliant on melody in a way that other Lord songs aren't. Like the lead single of Lord's last album, Melodrama, which is called Greenlight, uh, was sort of hailed for the way it abandons melody and sort of um, abandons traditional song structure. Like it doesn't go verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, chorus. It's sort of like makes its own path. Um, and Solar Power uh, brings us right back to something that feels very familiar. Um, so people were like, what? People were so confused by this because Lord had always been like a symbol for this 2010s anti-pop phenomenon that came about, like pop artists that break rules and feel a little grittier. Like she's definitely in the camp of like Alana Del Rey. There had always been something existential about her music, whether that is like a groggy, suicidal melancholia or something that's more, um, you know, like feel everything, you know, like being like uber sensitive and at your wits end with emotion. And here in Solar Power, there is just sort of this breeziness and a lightness that was just never part of who the general public conceived of Lord as. Um, I think that a lot of people got really thrown by the lead single and then did not really subsequently spend time with the record in full, which I think puts a little bit more context around the lead and uh, gives it a little bit more like circumstance that makes it make a little bit more sense. Um, she followed Solar Power with like two other singles prior to the release, one called Mood Ring and one called Stoned at the Nail Salon. I have to say these songs are both 10 out of 10s for me. Some of the best penned music in the last few years. I think that Lord is such a poet. I know she comes from a poetry background. Her parents are both poets and artists and um, like she was sort of raised in this castle of words and I just find her to be someone I could listen to speak and write all day just because she has such a precision with the way she describes things that is so impressive to me and something that I strive for so much in my own writing like she is an idol to me in that way um, and these songs are just great displays of that. Mood Ring is, is really cool and ended up shooting to the top of my list on like my Spotify wrapped last year. I think it was my number two song behind Taylor Swift, Ivy. Love that song, but that's a story for another day. Um, 
But yeah, mood ring is like this satirical, um, sort of sounds like, sort of sounds like TLC or S Club 7 or the Spice Girls or something. (laughs) Um, And it's like this satirical take on wellness culture and uh, like white America's obsession with crystals and Reiki and you know, sage and things like that, yoga. Um, And in it, she sort of like embodies a a girl who's obsessed with all of that and obsessed with like astrology and auras and all of these things that are so prevalent in our culture. Um, But it is all kind of delivered with a wink and there is like a sassiness there in a way. Um, So, you know, while she is admitting that she's, somewhat bound up in this culture just being like a millennial running in liberal elite circles um she is also critiquing it a little bit and and showing that it is a little bit of a gimmick let's fly somewhere song that has such replay value to me um as is evident by how high up on my spotify wrapped it was but like uh it's just one of those songs that you can put on loop and the transition between the end and the beginning is so seamless that you don't even realize you've played it like 20 times um and then the other single prior to the release like i said was uh stoned at the nail salon which had this um, title that was immediately funny to Twitter, um, but is this really, um, really rich song um, that's about uh, growing up and sort of not feeling as intense and in touch with your emotions as you used to be and feeling different and wondering if your current self is as good as your former self. Um, which I I know I just mentioned Taylor Swift a minute ago, but this is a very, uh, this is, this song reminds me a lot of like nothing new by Taylor Swift or this is me trying by Taylor Swift. I think that these, these themes are really present in her work as well. Um, I think there is something of stoned at the nail salon that, you know, is reminiscent of like the gifted kid growing up thing that was all over Swift's folklore and evermore um you know even like mirror ball by taylor swift these songs all kind of fall in that same conceptual category um and they all really resonate with me as someone who gets those kind of feelings a lot like stoned at the nail salon is just it's such a mature song 
And I don't think it's a song that I would have appreciated when I was 16 or when I was 21, when Pure Heroine or Melodrama came out. Like, hearing it at 24, 25 is a really different experience because now I feel more settled into my adult life, which is also kind of where Lord is, and more settled into like a chilled out version of myself where not everything feels so huge, um, where... I do feel like I have like my hands on the steering wheel a little bit more. Um, and and that can be a blessing in a lot of ways, right? Because not having to deal with like the emotional currents of adolescence is like a huge relief. But it's also it's also a little sad if that's what you were praised for when you were a teen, like being so connected to your feelings and being communicative about them. Um, as someone who wrote a lot when I was a teen, I definitely feel like I was able to tap into uh, my emotional landscape easier than than I am now. And poems were like, just like seeping from me then. Every second was like a poem because everything just felt so massive. Um, and now those moments are a lot fewer and farther between. Doesn't mean they don't exist, but they're just not like as incessant as they were when I was in that like peak of post-puberty um and I just feel like that's where she's coming from here it's all about like slowing down and um finding a rhythm and making your world smaller and these are all values that I think are so so special and are so like underrepresented in music I just feel like I mean maybe if you dig deep into like indie folk catalogs you can find some more of this but I think Lord is kind of alone in terms of really mainstream household names in singing about things like minimalism and returning to the traditional nuclear family and like closing in your life well, my heart blood's been burning for so many summers now it's time to cool it down Wherever that leads Cause all the beautiful girls They will fade like the roses And all the times they will change And love come around I don't know Maybe I to Stoned at the Nail Salon, which not only is so um, nuanced lyrically, but is very, it's like this um, spacey, hazy ballad that sounds just effervescent in your ears. Like if you put on headphones and listen to this, you are like, you're, it's like you're listening to like a meditation track or something. Like it sort of brings you away. I just don't know how somebody could listen to that and think that Solar Power, the album, is a flop or like not even have their interest peaked to want to check out the rest of the record. Lord has not used social media for the past six years since the Melodrama tour ended. 
Um, her main mode of communicating with fans is this newsletter that she sent that she sends out that you have to like sign up for her fan club or whatever to be a part of. Um, it's a very like snail mail way of communicating. Um, but in a way, it is becoming a little bit more um, ingrained in our current in our current zeitgeist just because of the rise of things like Substack and how writing creative nonfiction to go to people's inboxes is becoming more common among like the NYU Parsons crowd. Um, but yeah, like in this newsletter, when she was first um, dropping hints about Solar Power, the album, she was saying that this is a record about nature and about like communicating with the outdoor world. Um, and in its visuals, it is. Um, and there are a lot of references to location here like it does feel very remote um and very eastern and very removed from american consumerism and um the our fast-paced news cycle and things like that um it's littered with like ambient noise if you really focus when you're listening you can always hear like cicadas in the background which I think makes it feel very immersive and it's a very creative listen. Um, but I don't know. Like, I think that above this theme of nature, I think there's something more pressing happening here, which is like this question of, am I treating myself kindly as I grow older? Lord has always been interested in like maturity and getting old. In fact, she had this preoccupation so young, like she was 16, constantly speaking about like losing her youth and stuff, which I think is a result of like being too Tumblrified at <laughs> too young of an age and being like chronically online where like we constantly celebrate the wins of young people and older people or aged people are kind of like discarded in many ways um, and how... Lord was hailed as being a writer prodigy and a, you know, producer prodigy. And everyone loved her because she was young. And like, that was like the first immediate pressure she felt because of her fame. So that, that has been kind of riding on her work all this time. And now like, she's literally just like, not the youngest girl on the block anymore. Like, there are the Billie Eilishes and the Olivia Rodrigo's and like all of these like upcoming confessional songwriters. In a lot of big budget pop, when an artist gets to this phase in their career, they tend to make an album that's like, I still got it. Like the crown is still mine. Watch out. Um, and that's like the complete opposite of what Lord does here. Instead, she sort of like, like rescinds, is that a word? Like um, retreats from um, the spotlight and is like, here, have your moment, Billy. Have your moment, Olivia. I had mine. I had my fill. I'm good. Now I'm a little bit more concerned with making this transition into a new phase and making it in a way that feels right and, and honors who I am. What's the pace of my new life going to be? What's its tempo? What's its sound? Um, is there going to be a new kind of sense of spirituality involved, right? Because Lord's always been concerned with spirituality as per her name, her her stage name, right? Because we all know 
Lord is just Ella O'Connor, but <laughs> she she chooses this title that she bestowed on herself at like a super young age because she is infatuated by both spirituality and like aristocrats and old money and all of these um, forces of power. So she's kind of like, what does that look like now for me? Um, is there a way I can still... Um, commune with my interests in that area without like doing it in the same way I once did she paints an entirely new color palette on this record in fact it's it's an extremely colorful album um pretty much every song has references to color I jotted a couple of them down aquamarine gold amber, faded roses, blue, overripe peaches, tan, acid green, right? These are, uh, it's so sensuous and um, so juicy in so many ways. And I love that she uh, has such an eye, such a visual eye as she's creating this world. And that was always there too. Like in so many ways, this is such a typical Lord album, but it's just like, not competing for the same prize anymore um and isn't that what we all loved about lord in the first place like when she came on with Lloyd with royals like we loved that royals didn't sound like 2014 pop she was on the cusp of that pivot toward indie hipster music that we had a brief flirtation with for a few years she was not like jumping in at the height of that wave, she was pioneering it. Um, and so, you know, we we always loved that about her. So I find it strange that she dabbled in like 70s hippie sounds here and people were so turned off by it when I thought that that's what we all loved about Lord, her willingness to self-express in ways that feel new. She's so emotionally acute and I just like, I don't know, I just feel like people are are missing some of that or it got lost in translation in some way. I do wonder how much the album cover had to do with people not loving this album so much because <laughs> um, it's a very, like the album cover and the album, in my opinion, don't mesh as well as they could. Um, the album cover, if you're not familiar, is like this shot of Lord jump leaping over the camera like the camera's on the ground pointing up and she's like leaping over it with her legs spread apart and she's in like a bathing suit um and it's this very like unflattering strange angled shot um there's like sun peeking through her legs um and I don't know I guess it's just supposed to be like happy beachy vibes which I think um confused a lot of people because they people are always saying like Solar Power sucks because like, I liked when Lord was sad and Solar Power is a happy record. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like where? I, I'm looking at this track list now. The only song that I could even describe as remotely happy is the titular song, Solar Power. If you so much as turned on this album for one minute and just listened to the intro track called The Path, you would hear Lord sing, we are all broken and sad. Where are all the dreams we had? Can't find the dreams we had. So <laughs> when people say that, that Solar Power is a happy album, 
It to me feels like a dead giveaway that they haven't listened to it. And so their criticisms feel <laughs> almost besides the point. Like I'm not, I'm not really gonna give much of a shit about your criticisms if you haven't even like spent time with the work. Born in the year of Oxycontin embraced in the tall grass Demillionaire having nightmares from the camera flash Now I'm alone on a windswept island Caught in the complex divorce In fact, I would say that Solar Power has one of the saddest songs of Lord's discography called Big Star, um, which is the song about grieving her dead dog. Maybe you're a big star, you're a big star, wanna Toss up if it's worth it now Every time I get on a plane I've got so much to tell you And not enough time to do it in But every perfect summer's gotta take its flight I'll still watch you run to the winter I used to love the party, now I'm not alright Hope the honeybees make it home tonight You know, I'm not even like a pet person, I've never had a dog I have real no connection to like losing a dog or no semblance of how that would feel But this is just one of the best depictions of grief I love its focus on small details and on the minute and on the personal, which I think, you know, these are these are what makes grief so difficult to bear. But often in songs about grief, we get really esoteric and um, kind of too big and too expansive, and we're trying to capture it all. I have always loved Lord's insistence that. Um, the specific is universal, as long as um, you do it right. And here she does it right. That's a beautiful song. Even vocally, she uh, sings in this really nice falsetto that is a little bit out of her typical um, range. And I feel like words aren't even enough to convey how special the album's closer oceanic feeling feels when you experience it. with her love and love. 
wandering around in a meadow or something (laughs) um there's something actually like funny enough since the album is called solar power this album or this song feels very dark to me not dark in like a scary or emo way but rather like you know the feeling you get when you're like laying in your bed at night with the lights off that's sort of how oceanic feeling feels to me um like there's this or you know like oh my god I'm thinking so much about so many different things right now literally just thinking about oceanic feeling makes my brain race in a million directions because it's just like it meanders it takes you here it takes you there it's almost dreamlike in quality almost surreal oceanic feeling is like when it's a summer night and you're laying outside on your back on like a picnic blanket or something, staring up at the sky and like looking at the stars. That's what oceanic feeling is like. And the fact that this woman who's my age is able to boil that experience down into a song is so otherworldly to me. That song is a gift. It is about the passage of time, seeing a younger generation grow up and retread a lot of the same steps that you took it's about passing down family heirlooms and like feeling this connection to the ancestral plane is so massive in in scope and i don't know like i just can't imagine hearing that song and not liking it which is is really interesting like i've always been um fascinated with this conversation about taste like why i can listen to something and think it's the most beautiful thing i've ever heard and then my friend can listen to it and be like that's mid or vice versa i don't know like where that comes from i guess like there are just certain things that intrinsically appeal to us but as a music critic i feel like we can objectively look at oceanic feeling and and talk about how this is like really really incredible and and something so new and magic almost i think there's a lot of magic in this album which maybe is what makes it hard for people to digest or explain or understand because i think a lot of it is happening on like a more cerebral level than people typically want to access when they're listening to pop but if anyone's to dismantle that that um, myth about pop music, it's gonna be Lord. Like she's always dismantled myths about pop music and made it into something it's not or something it historically hasn't been. Another song that I feel like um, plays with similar themes is called Secrets from a Girl Who's Seen It All. Couldn't wait to turn 15 Then your blink has been 10 years Growing up a little at a time and all at once Everybody wants the best for you But you gotta want it for yourself, my love You can take him if you want him, he's a judge Secrets from a girl who's seen it 
put out a video for it following the album's release but it it didn't get any radio play or anything so i don't i don't really know what you count as a single nowadays like if a single flops is it a single <laughs> um but yeah in the video uh we have three versions of lord all like dancing in the same frame so she's sort of duplicated or cloned um, each version of herself is wearing a different outfit that is symbolic of each of her album eras. So we have the one um, like pure heroine-esque Lord who's wearing the dark red lipstick and like has her big fuzzy hair. And then we have the melodrama-esque Lord who has like a sleek, slick back bun and Adidas superstars or some shit. Um, and then we have Solar Power Lord who has like a big sun hat and like flowy linens. Um, they are all kind of leaning on each other and moving together, which I think is, um, although on the nose, very sweet, because um, this song is about feeling like you know everything when you're young and that you've already arrived into yourself and then being displaced out of yourself time and time again as you age and like um, coming around to the younger versions of yourself as you get older and like, healing earlier wounds it's, it's like an inner child song um which i think you know the video does a nice job of representing this song features a spoken monologue at its end that is spoken by um the uk pop singer robin who is a major inspiration for a lot of this album welcome to sadness the temperature is unbearable until you face it. Thank you for flying with Strange Airlines. I will be your tour guide today. Your emotional baggage can be picked up at carousel number two. But please be careful so it doesn't fall onto someone you love. When we reach your final destination, because it sounds sincere in a way that I was when I was younger. And this genuinely would have been comforting to me as a teenager. Like when we were on Tumblr, we were really, really sentimental and not that jaded. Like, okay, people talk a lot about 2014 Tumblr, which I guess is like Tumblr's peak and you know, w when like Halsey popped off and shit like that. But 
Lord came up on an earlier Tumblr, which is when I used it, which is more like 2010, 2011. And it was just very, very earnest. Um, and I totally understand like Lord at 14 because I feel like we experienced the same internet. Like we were both rookie magazine readers and like in that world, like just worshiping our own feelings and always making room for them, even in ways that some people would shrug off as uncool or um, not sophisticated. And it, it like didn't matter back then. Like I would have loved to hear this monologue at 14, 15. Um, I would think I was too cultured for it when melodrama came out when I was 21, <laughs> you know? Um, I, I was uh, wanting to hear things with a little bit more gravity and gravitas, but uh, when, I was, when I was 14, this is exactly what I needed. This, this just really genuine pat on the back from an elder in the field, which Robin is to Lord. Um, but yeah, I think that the, the Robin connection is interesting here because this album is really so indebted to um, that that time period of music, like mid-aughts. Um, you know, it's, it's very Nelly Furtado, I'm Like a Bird. It's very Torn by Natalie Imbruglia. We got some Sheryl Crow happening here. <laughs> you know... I actually was lucky enough to see the Solar Power Tour this April, which Lord performed at smaller venues, like purposefully, because um, she wanted like a more intimate show, which like is phenomenal in theory, but I, I know has been really frustrating to some fans because it's like not as easy to get tickets, especially at like a affordable price. But I was lucky enough to go see this show at the Radio City Music Hall and before Lord came out, there was like a playlist playing um, over the theater. Um, and I heard the song Pure Shores by All Saints. This is, I guess, um, like a cultural blind spot I have because I had never heard of All Saints. I guess they were um, like a Spice Girls competitor in the early 2000s over in the UK. Um, and this was like their big song. And apparently this song was like a huge inspiration to Lord making this album. This song goes crazy. I'm just gonna play a little bit of it right now because I've been addicted to it ever since I heard it at the concert. And I really want Lord to cover it. that we still have to kick around is what is the role that nature actually plays on the record solar power um this is an album that is coming 
at a time where climate change is like rapidly occurring on our planet um, in ways most of us can't conceptualize of and aren't responsible for. Um, we know about our individual like ego footprints and try our best to reduce waste and turn off lights and recycle and things like that. But at the end of the day, like corporations are who is responsible for the rapid acceleration of climate change and maybe our species future demise uh, in in a shorter time than most of us think um we you know are living in a time where there are massive threats to our health between covid and now monkeypox and everything in between um even like natural disasters like hurricanes and wildfires like we are constantly in a position of danger in a lot of ways just like by being a human on this earth um and i think the lord is just trying to like make space for us alongside all of that like we live on this earth it is not always our friend um, and in many ways, we can feel really estranged from it because it's so scary and unpredictable, just like our emotions are, just like love is, right? Lord has helped us navigate confusing terrain before, and here she's doing it again. She's, she's bringing us back down to the ground and saying, touch it, feel it, be present, it's okay. Um, maybe we won't have this forever or we won't have it in the same way, but it's okay to just like be its friend for now. I think that it, it would be really easy for um, Solar Power to be an existentialist album and to be driven by panic and paranoia, um, which so many people feel in response to our changing climate. But Lord doesn't really let that happen. She sort of dances with the way the earth is changing and lets it mirror and parallel herself and how she is changing. This album is also a total love letter to Auckland, New Zealand, where Lord was born and raised and still finds herself all the time. It's her home. She could be making a lot more money if she permanently lived over here in the States, but, you know, makes the choice not to. She even released a companion album to Solar Power, which is just like the entire album translated into Maori, which is the indigenous language of New Zealand. Apparently, Maori is like a dying language that only a few elders know. So she is reviving it and caring for it and preserving it in the same sort of way that she's encouraging us to preserve our environment and the natural world around us. On this album, Lord is not afraid of scarcity. She's not looking at the earth and saying, holy shit, we only have blah, blah, blah more years here as a species. She's not looking at um, the withering culture of indigenous New Zealand and saying like, damn, my generation, let that go. She's doing her best to keep what's here and pay homage to it while it's around and her best feels like enough. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. I hope this encourages you to give this album another shot if you previously wrote it off. And if you haven't heard it yet, maybe this is your first time digging in. I'm super excited for you. 
All right, I'll play you out today with one of the great bonus tracks on Solar Power Deluxe. This is called Helen of Troy. Super cool song that not a lot of people know of. All right, see you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you. You've heard it all before. One minute I was killing them all in the next. A brown suit wouldn't let me perform. Uh, typical. So I took a happy face And it's coming on like a charm I don't wanna get lost I wanna worship the sun If you want You can come I'm in my own Little golden age But it's such a Pill when they don't appreciate So when you smoke that cigarette Oh, when you talk shit about an old friend I know it's hard, but do your best Give yourself a break, have a little faith uh, Let's hear it for the